Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I cannot wait to share today's conversation with you. My guest is none other than Jamie Dana, Jamie Dana hairstylist, as you may know her on Instagram or YouTube. Jamie is an educator, Instagram expert, and hairstylist who is devoted to helping other hairstylists grow and scale their businesses using Instagram. She is a true beauty industry visionary, and she has done speaking engagements all over the world. She has an amazing YouTube channel, Instagram channel, and Jamie truly is dedicated to helping stylists see their full potential. Not only that, she is a truly kind and genuine person. And as you'll see in this interview, one of my favorite things about Jamie is that she truly wants to see other humans in this industry win. And she not only talks this talk, she truly does walk this walk as well. And this episode marks kind of a full circle moment for me. As you'll hear in the interview, one of the things that we talk about is imposter syndrome and particularly imposter syndrome when you're getting into a new space. So my journey into education and becoming a marketer in the beauty industry has really been so full of personal growth. And Jamie and I are going to discuss this. And the reason I say it's a full circle moment is because as I say in the interview, when I first got into education, I definitely wrestled with thoughts of who's going to want to learn this from me or who am I to be teaching this, even though I knew that I had helped people and that what I knew could make a difference and that we all learn differently, I definitely struggled at the beginning with thinking, again, who's going to want to learn this from me when they can learn this from, say, Jamie Dana, who is already teaching Instagram in the hair industry. So that's something we're going to dive into in this interview. We're also going to talk about what it looks like to make choices as a creative in the beauty industry and what you should pursue wholeheartedly versus what you should, you know, think about, put on the back burner. We have so many ideas as visionaries in the beauty industry, and we're talking about what that looks like in terms of building an actual business. We're going to dive into all the different options there are for hairstylists inside of the beauty industry. So for example, we talk about Jamie's journey into becoming a content creator, an influencer, an educator. We are also going to get a behind the scenes look at Jamie's collaboration with Framar, which spoiler alert, led to their biggest ever day in sales. If you don't know who Framar is, definitely go look it up. They're the company that makes the fancy foils. They're beautiful. And Jamie collaborated on a collection with them. So we're going to get into that as well in today's episode. And these conversations I think are so important to share because so often we see the outside. We see the end result. We see what happens when someone's already been working behind the scenes and really pouring into their own education in order to make this work. And this is so near and dear to my heart because as I mentioned once or twice before, we're getting ready to launch my marketing agency under its own brand and company. And so I see firsthand what really truly goes into building a business, building a brand and marketing yourself, both as a hairstylist and also when you get into that independent education and coaching and mentorship arena of our industry. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation because like I said, Jamie was someone that I had looked up to in the beginning of my career. And then, you know, I definitely had those comparison syndrome moments, which we're going to talk about in the interview. And then it came into now Jamie is someone that is a friend. She is a previous client to my agency. And there are so many amazing ways that we can work together and amplify each other's work in this industry, which is something that I feel so strongly about. And one of the reasons that this podcast is so big on collaborations, because I want you to hear about this all of the ways. I don't want you to just hear my opinion. I want you to hear exactly what it's like for many people inside of the industry. We're going to get into the interview with Jamie 
Let me know what you thought of this episode. Send me a DM over on Instagram at it's Jody Brown. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review inside Apple Podcasts. It makes such a difference and allows us to reach even more hairstylists and elevate this industry from the inside out. So without further ado, let's go. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am so honored. I have the amazing Jamie Dana joining me today. We're going to talk all about what it looks like to go down different avenues and what's really possible within the beauty industry. So thank you so much for coming, Jamie. And if you wouldn't mind just giving a little intro on the off chance that anyone's listening that doesn't (laughs) already know who you are. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have been thinking about, I'm like, I got to get on Jody's podcast. Like we got to make this happen. And we finally made it happen today. So I'm so grateful to be here. And yeah. Hi, everyone who's listening. I always feel like it's so funny when you listen to podcasts and then you're like, I feel like I know that person now. Like there's just something (laughs) so special about their voice in your ears. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I am Jamie Dana. I have been in the industry for 13 years now. And uh, obviously what we're going to talk about today, I've pretty much done almost everything you can do in the industry from being, you know, obviously a student into a receptionist, into an assistant, uh, commission stylist, rental stylist, suite owner, salon owner, uh, independent educator, influencer for brands, consultant for brands, pretty much have done almost all the things except for owning a massive big salon or starting a product line. That's the two things I haven't done. But yeah, I've gotten to do a lot of amazing things in the hair industry. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've had. And truly what I love to do is help hairstylists be able to grow and have a business that they love um, and a career they love starting all the way out from being in cosmetology school through uh, being a new stylist, how to really set up the foundations of your career, and then really how to build a business using Instagram and how to grow to the next level of whatever you want to do. So um, that's kind of what I do and how I help hairstylists and salon owners, but I'm just excited to be here. This is so fun. Um, I love that. And I'm so excited that you mentioned kind of like what it looks like in the beginning of your career, because I'd love to hear what was that beginning like for you? I think people see where you're at now and think that maybe it came easy or that it was like, you know, something that you walked into, but I, the reality behind the beginning of your career was quite different, Yes, (laughs) Um, which I know, but can you talk a little bit about that? Like what it was like getting into the beauty industry? Yeah. So I actually was homeschooled my entire life. So I never went to traditional school. I was homeschooled. And this is like way back before it was like cool to be homeschooled. It was like pretty dorky (laughs) to be homeschooled. So anyways, we started there. And because I was homeschooled, I actually was able to graduate high school a year early. So I graduated at 16 and then went straight to beauty school around 16, 17, and then started in a school or started in a salon at 17. And Honestly, my journey through beauty school and that first year of being a stylist was so challenging. And I think that's like why I have such a passion for Mm. wanting to help stylists in the beginning of their career, because I feel like I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a place to go. I didn't have a place to really learn a lot. You know, um, obviously beauty school still is one of those systems that I feel is somewhat broken where they don't fully set us up for success. You know, we learn how to pass state board and we learn maybe some basic techniques, but as far as how to even start a business or even the fact that you are starting a business, uh, being a hairstylist, like no one ever taught me that. And I realized it a couple of years later, like, oh, shoot, I'm a business owner. Like I actually have to build a clientele. Like I have to learn how to market myself. Like there was so much more that I wasn't set up for success. So, um, yeah, I went to beauty school, was bullied all through beauty school, had to deal with that. Um, the, the, even the instructors, like we're not 
very friendly towards me. Um, so I was like, let's get out of here as quickly as possible. So I graduated beauty school in like eight months. I like did extra hours. <laughs> like I went to night school and day school just to like get it done. Um, and then started in a salon and started assisting. And the salon owner that I worked for was somebody who like didn't really have a great system in place um, mm. for assisting or anything like that. So I kind of just was like, okay, we'll go watch this stylist and, you know, you'll get paid under the table. And by the way, you can be a receptionist. And by the way, you can assist everybody else too. So it kind of just like got thrown into it. And I really was like, okay, if I'm going to learn how to be a successful hairstylist, like I have to figure this out on my own. So I was constantly going to education, trying to, you know, learn and just observe the stylist that I was working for. And honestly, I just was kind of like, okay, I'm ready to take that next step and get a chair. Um, so I started to become a commission stylist and then eventually worked my way into renting about a couple years later. But in the beginning of my career, it honestly was something where I did not have a very solid clientele. Um, this was like back before Instagram. So there was no Instagram. There was yeah. Facebook business pages. I had one of those. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like what I was doing to get clients was like Groupons. If anybody remembers Groupons, like the dreaded Groupon. I don't even know. Is Groupon still around? I don't know, actually. But I mean, I you're do in Canada, remember. so I don't even know if they had Groupon. We do there, but... have Groupon. Okay. Yeah, actually, one of the first salons, I remember I went a very, very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And their strategy was Groupon. And oh, yeah, so it rough. Does yeah. not does not work out so good. <laughs> no. So, you know, I, I was I was working the Groupons. I was trying to get, you know, do the discount thing of like free haircut with color service, you know, like just trying to build a clientele. And, you know, I had gotten to a point where I like had a few steady clients, but I wasn't booked up at all. And around this time is like, this is about like probably three or four years into my career. So, you know, like I'm doing the grind, I'm doing the whole thing. And, you know, slowly building clients, but not like dream clients. Like a lot of them were like root touch-ups or like my clients who are like bringing their kids to me or their husband, mm-hmm. you know, like not necessarily even getting to do the creative services that I wanted to. And slowly over time, I was like, okay, something has to change. Like, I'm not really happy in my career. I'm just like clocking in, doing the yeah. thing. I'm like booked here or there, but then I'll have like a bunch of open spots. Like I'm not making that much money. I'm not charging that much. Like what can change? And around the time, that's when Instagram started to come out. And so I was like, okay, well, like, let me like try this Instagram thing. So I started to post on Instagram, you know, like a few photos here or there. And like, you know, I would get maybe a little bit of traction, but something still wasn't working. And I was like, okay, there has to be something like, this is literally a platform where we can be able to post our content. And even if it's just going to people that I know, like my friends, like there's something there. And so I started to really study Instagram and started to figure out, okay, like, what can I do to market myself on Instagram? Now, this is like 2014, 2013, 2014. And as I started to implement an actual strategy and learn how to use the platform, that's when my growth like became exponential. So Mm -hmm. I ended up going from like not that booked at all to like completely booked out like two to three months in advance. I had raised my prices all within six months. So it was like literally from, you know, not good to like insane And I was getting to do the kind of clients and services that I wanted, which was insane and incredible. And from there, I realized, okay, I actually need to expand and leave the space that I was in, the salon that I was in, because it was becoming a very toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the stylists that I was working with were kind of making fun of me for using Instagram. They were like, wait, what are you doing? Like, what's what's going on? You know, I don't know if you guys remember that, like back in the day when like not everybody was using Instagram. So yes, it just like was a very toxic environment. And so I was like, okay, I need to get out. And so I decided to open up a salon suite and At that same time, I also realized that, you know, for me, I didn't necessarily want to go and be a stylist full time. I was like, there's something inside of me that wants to do education. And I always knew I was eventually going to go into education, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like if it was going to be, you know, necessarily me working for a brand or going to like corporate or something. But I was like, I know I want to go into education. And at that same time, as I started to blow up my business behind the chair, I was making well over six figures, again, had an amazing clientele. I also was like, there's something further and and bigger for me here. And that's when I decided to be like, okay, I think I'm going to go into education. And so I started teaching online, doing online free classes. And I created my first online course, which was called Oh Hot Graham at the time. Uh, I remember you, you remember that one. I remember. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, hot Graham. 
uh, which later had to change because Instagram was going to sue us for having that name. So that's another fun story. But um, yeah, and that's kind of like where my career started to kind of take off. But honestly, Instagram was the thing that got me from, you know, just average everyday stylist, not that book to like in-demand stylist making really good money. Oh, I relate to so much of your story because I had Mason in 2014, my son. Mm. And so I came back off maternity leave and I was in a new city because I had moved um, and I'd spent a year in sales prior to having him. So mm-hmm. it was like brand new. And that was the thing that I went all in on. And I I totally agree with you. Like that was the thing that completely changed Mm -hmm. my career allowed me to go independent. Like getting clear on that was, was a huge trajectory shift. And so I love that. It's, it's so, there's so much possibility. And I think that there's still possibility there. So for anyone who's listening, you, you don't have to time travel back to 2014 to use Instagram to grow your business. People are still doing it. And thank you for sharing so candidly. So at that time, I don't know about you, but like I really, until probably a few years later, if in that kind of time sphere, online education was almost a brand new concept. Yeah, it really well, was. Yeah. And you're one of like you're probably the OG like educator in the hair industry when it comes to online education. So how did you discover that avenue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's so funny. So I remember seeing a bunch of educators and this was like, again, when Instagram was still a baby and yeah. mind you at the time, I only had like a cup, like a thousand followers, like 1400 mm-hmm. followers. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to become an educator, like I have to definitely like build up that because at the time I was literally using Instagram just for my clients. I wasn't trying to grow or do anything like that. And Also at the time, there were a ton of independent educators out there. So there were all of these, you know, you know, the OGs, like they're still around. Um, They were going out and they were like, I'm going salon to salon to teach my classes and I'm not represented by a brand. And that was a brand new concept Um, for those of you who weren't around at that time. Like the only type of education there really was, was you work for a product company, you go salon to salon for that company, and then eventually you work your way up and you can maybe get on the stages. But it was like very hard to work your way up through those corporate companies. So then these independent educators started to come out of like, hey, I'm going to teach you my balayage method and I'm going to show you with three different color lines. Like that was unheard of. And they were selling their own tickets and all of that. And I definitely looked up to so many of them of like, oh, like I want to do that. But I also knew that I wasn't going to want to go to salon to salon and go on tour and travel around the country. Like to me, that felt so overwhelming. And it looked really cool on Instagram, but I knew long term <laughs> that that was not something that was going to be sustainable. And so I started to really get involved in the online education space just for myself of learning from different people right. and just seeing what was out there. And also at the time, like 2014, 2015 was still a baby space for online education in general, yeah. not necessarily in the hair industry, but like in general, it was still a new thing. So I don't know if anybody remembers the app Periscope. Did you use Periscope? I didn't do you remember use it? Periscope, but I do remember okay. it. Yes. Okay. So Periscope <laughs> was the original live streaming platform. This was before Instagram Live, before Facebook Live. Like this was the OG. Okay. And on Periscope, the way that it would work is like you would go live and you could only rewatch it for 24 hours. So like to watch people, you had to like really be on top of it. So I was watching right. all of these people on Periscope and there was this girl and she had been teaching she basically like didn't have an online course, but she was an affiliate for a lot of online courses and educators out there. And she was like, honestly, if you have something inside of you that you have done that other people have not done, you can teach that to others. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know so much more than what you think you know. It came naturally to you, but you've already done it and you can share that with others and you can then teach it in an online course. And I was like, what? Like, I think it was kind of my wake up moment. Like I remember getting ready to go into the salon for the morning. I was rewatching the Periscope and I remember those words being like, you're right, I could do this. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I started to really just learn more about having an online business, what that would look like. And mind you, the tech was very different back then. It is not the same (laughs) as it is now. Um, And I actually invested in a coach who was doing a group coaching program at the time. 
and just started to learn of like, okay. And it's funny because at the time I was going to do like a full how to run a business as a hairstylist course. It was going to be called right. the modern hairstylist. And uh, <laughs> as we started to talk, he was like, this feels like really overwhelming as you're teaching me all of these things. Like it's a lot. And he's like, but the second you start to talk about Instagram, he's like, there's something that really gets you excited that lights you up. Mm. And he's like, what if you just taught Instagram? And I was like, you're right. And so, yeah, that's when I decided to go all out and create the course. And it literally, I want to say like in April of 2016 was when I launched like a free hashtag guidebook. And by July, the course was out there. And yeah, I was one of the very first ones to do it. There was like me and one other educator at the time creating online education, which is insane. And it blew up and slowly started to help thousands of hairstylists around the world. And as of today, it's helped like over 5,000 stylists, which is insane. So yeah. Oh my God. That's like mind blowing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Cause I think there's, you know, we always look at the, where people get to and often Mm. you don't think about all of the years of experience and all of the thought that goes into it. And you just see that like a big shiny thing. So I think it can feel really overwhelming for people to look at these different success paths and avenues. And I completely relate to that, always knowing you want to go into education, but Mm -hmm. something always felt off to me about the brand thing too. Mm -hmm. And I think for me as well, like as a stylist, an introductory education role with a brand does not pay well. (laughs) So you're taking time away from your clientele. It's like straight up, like close to minimum wage and you're driving all over your territory, like sometimes two or three hours to do that. And like, for me, that just was not what I wanted to do. I was like, "Mm." and also too, like, there's something about authenticity of sharing a brand and like, there's parts of brands that I don't love, right? Like I might love a certain product, but then I have to teach about another product that I'm like, yeah, eh, it's okay. You know, that that didn't feel authentic to me either. And like, there's nothing wrong with being a brand educator. I think that yeah. that is a great way to get your foot in the door and to get experience and to learn and be trained by a company. I think there's so much value in that. Yeah. But for me, I just knew that it wasn't the right path. And I think that's the beauty of our industry is the amount of options and the amount of different ways that you can really explore creating a business. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk, I mean, moving on to kind of the next part of, I mean, you're still a very relevant and amazing online educator for our industry. You're speaking on stages, you're doing amazing brand deals. Like there's so many places we could dive into, but can we talk about when you became like an influencer and started Mm -hmm. exploring that side of your business? Cause you're not just on Instagram either. You also have a really incredible YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did all this come about after you kind yeah. of stepped into online education? Yeah. So again, I started more of the online education in 2016. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because there's definitely things where I was like, I'm never going to have a blog. I'm never going to have a YouTube channel. Like <laughs> yep. that just sounds like so much work. Like never for me, I will never create <laughs> video content. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, fast forward, I had done a couple launches for Graham, and that was growing and it was doing amazing. And it got to the point where I was working with a couple business coaches and they were like, you are getting to the point where you are burnt out. Like it is too much. Mm. And so I was like, okay. Cause I was still at the time working behind the chair, still taking clients, had an assistant, had a six figure business behind the chair and also right. running this education company. Oh, wow. And trying to grow that. It's like a lot. Um, so it was three days behind the chair and then pretty much like three, four days working from home doing the other thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, something has to give. So I decided in 2018 to step away fully from my clientele. So I gave up my clientele. Um, I hired a stylist to come in and work at my salon. I actually hired two stylists. So they came and kind of took over the space and were there during the week. Um, and just kind of was like, okay, I'm going full-time into education for hairstylists. And I think for me, that was a big decision. It was one of the hardest decisions I ever made because it was just like, I'm giving up my clients. I'm giving up people who I love and people who I'm not necessarily friends with, but I won't really see, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of grieving that went along with that. And also a huge risk. I'm giving up something that's making me a six figure salary to be able to go into education. 
Well, at the same time, what was also happening behind the scenes was I was also starting to work with brands. So I had a couple brands that had reached out to me of like, hey, we would love to have you come in as like a content creator. So mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily go in as like an influencer because influencer marketing still also was a baby at that time. It was like 2018. Right. They were starting to figure that out, but a lot of brands were very behind, especially corporate brands. So yeah. um, they were trying to figure it out. And I was kind of coming in almost as like a consultant of like, okay, well, this is what I've done. This is how I think I can help you. This is where my expertise lies. And so I started to work with Biolage and that was my first big brand that I had worked with. I had also worked with other brands like as an educator, speaking with them, um, kind of different things. And all of those things were amazing to get me the experience for sure. Um, but Biolage was the first big contract that I had where I was like actually creating content for them, sharing content, posting different things, working with them as a brand. And it really opened my eyes to, again, another area of the industry that is growing and another area you can work in, you know? And I actually now teach a class called how to get big brands to want to work with you because there are so many opportunities and you don't necessarily have to have a huge following. I think we look at that and we think, oh, I have to be an influencer for that brand. Right. And that's not true. You can definitely be a content creator. Like literally brands will hire people to come in and create content because they're not only working with user-generated content, they're working with content creators as well. So um, I've actually been able to now help other stylists be able to get contracts like that. Um, Not necessarily like negotiating the deals or anything, but just help them reach out to those brands and get noticed by those brands so that they're getting at least free product or they're getting paid to create little fun things. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be something where you have a hundred thousand followers either. Um, But all around that same time, I was like, okay, I think I want to start a YouTube channel again. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Like, no way. (laughs) And I just started to, I kind of had been making like videos on Instagram. And I was like, I think like I could do a YouTube channel. And so lo and behold, got out the camera and all of my like first videos were straight up clients that I had. Like they were, I was like filming their appointments, which is crazy to me. Like they were not paid models. I was like, Hey, do you mind if I like film this? And like my assistant straight up like filming it. And basically what helped me grow and be really successful on YouTube was I sat for six months and I learned how to understand the YouTube algorithm. So I literally was studying YouTube for six months. And the first video that I had posted went viral immediately. And it helped me gain so much traction just because I had learned how to have the SEO on YouTube and how to title and how to create thumbnails, all of that stuff. And also there like weren't a lot of people doing it. And still to this day, like five years later, there's still not a lot of educators out there creating content for hairstylists. Like (laughs) you would be shocked. I thought that it was crazy. There's literally nobody out there. So that helped me grow. And I had this like a different perspective. It wasn't just like tutorial videos. They were a little bit more like vlog. And then I started to do more business advice um, because that's something that I'm super passionate about. So yeah, YouTube took off and I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I guess I'm a YouTuber now. Yeah, it's so crazy. (laughs) So I have a question for you and I'd love to hear your view on this because I think there's a lot of differing opinions. What are your thoughts on a stylist who is maybe listening to this and who's like feeling really excited and inspired by the idea of stepping into independent education or becoming an influencer? Or I think the content creation market is growing even Mm -hmm. more now because brands are wanting original content created for them, not necessarily even posted to your own channel. So what, what's, what are your thoughts on, on the opportunity that's available? Because it's very easy, I think, to think that things are oversaturated or that Mm -hmm. there's too much. So I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit. Yeah. So I guess for my, like the question that I would then ask that stylist is like, what area do you want to go into? Because again, there's so many different areas. Like, do you want to go into independent education? Okay. Well then do you want to, what kind of techniques do you want to teach? Um, what is you, what makes you unique? Um, and to be honest, like I will be a hundred percent honest. I dealt with so much imposter syndrome. And for those of you who don't know what that is, like, it's like where you feel like an imposter of like, who am I to teach this thing? Because in the beginning of my career as an educator, I only taught business education. Like I taught Instagram and business. And that was the thing that I was really freaking good at. But when it came to teaching hair techniques, I was like, who am I to teach this? And like the beginning of my YouTube stuff. And even now to this day, like it is 
currently 2023, I still deal with like, oh man, but there's so many other educators who are so good at what they do. And like, I'm, I'm just teaching basic techniques. Like why would anybody want to learn from me? And like, it's something that I've really had to overcome, but people trust me. Like people want to be able to learn from you. You bring something really unique to the table and you just have to figure out what that is. And so what I have figured out for me is I'm not going to be the one up there that's teaching insane techniques. I'm teaching everyday techniques that you will use in the salon. And that has been the thing of why people come to me because they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm so grateful to learn that long layered haircut technique or that partial foil technique because nobody had ever taught it to me that way. Um, and so that's kind of like where I found myself and why I'm going into teaching more cosmetology students and new stylists, because we need that as a foundation. So the, the question that I would ask you is what do you want to teach and what are you uniquely good at? What are the things that your clients are coming back to you saying, Oh my gosh, I love the way that you do blank or, Oh my gosh, I love the way that my highlights grow out or, Oh my gosh, the way that my haircut sits is just so amazing. So like, what is that thing that you're uniquely good at? And by the way, it can absolutely be something that other people are teaching. Like, trust me, everything I'm teaching is nothing new. It's been out there. Other people are teaching it, but People just like to learn it from me. And the way that I teach it is maybe different than how somebody else has taught it before, right? Like I'm literally teaching basic stuff, but people like the way I teach it. So do you want, what are you going to teach? What is uniquely, you know, you and what is something you're super passionate about? Something that you want to talk about for the next couple of years? Because as you start to go into this, like this is going to be something that you will talk about. If you're building a business about it, um, it will be something that you will be discussing and talking and teaching for a long time. All the time. And I just want to add here that like, yeah. oh my goodness, imposter syndrome. I came in teaching Instagram when you existed already. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being like, who's going to want to listen to my opinion on this stuff when mm-hmm. they can go learn from Jamie? And I think the interesting thing is that like, there's probably people who've learned from both of us and people a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I know that there are actually like, I know yeah. like some of my students have then what like gone on to sign up for the social suite. And like, there's so much room for everyone's different opinions and slightly different approaches to things. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that because it's, it's so almost ironic that we are talking about this together because I want a hundred percent remember thinking like, I I also remember my aha moment when I knew I would get into education. And one of my main things was like, who's going to want to learn from me? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, three years full time later, that did not turn out to be the issue that I had anticipated that it would be. And yeah, I just wanted to weigh in on that because I think it's so true. It's so easy to have those like, who am I to teach this um, moments? And I think everyone, like even like you just shared, like, I'm sure there's still moments where you have imposter syndrome. So it's not something that ever goes away once you reach a certain level of success. And it's almost like you got to welcome that in because it's going to be with you if you're putting yourself out there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I said, I am still currently having this discussion inside of my head of like, okay, but why would anybody want to watch my education? Because Mm -hmm. they could just go learn it from whoever, right? You know. (laughs) And it's funny because I actually remember getting on a call with you a couple years ago and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm like kind of starstruck. Like I'm Mm -hmm. talking to Jamie Dana and you're like, who am I to teach Instagram? And I was like, girl, like I love following your content. I feel like we talk about the same thing. And the cool thing is, is we will absolutely have people that learn from both of us. Like maybe they took my course and then they're like, cool, I actually need more support in a different way from Jody or vice versa. Like, cool. Jody had this, Jamie's got that. Totally. You know, (laughs) and that's the thing. Like there's so much, so much to go around in this Mm -hmm. industry. And like, I have always been a huge advocate for community over competition of like, there's literally so much like I'm friends with you because I see what you're doing. And I'm like, Hey, is there a way that I can refer somebody to you? Because I think the way that you teach it is very similar to me and cool. You can support them in a different way than I can support them. And that's amazing. So hundred percent. Yeah. Huge advocate for that. But I mean, I think the biggest thing would be figuring out, okay, what do I want to teach? How do I want to teach it? Is it through an online type of format, through master classes, through an online course, through online education? Um, or is it going to be going into salons and teaching it that way and having more live education? Maybe it's both, right? Figuring yeah. out what that looks like. 
Um, and then if you want to go more the content creator side of like, okay, what are the brands that I authentically love and use already? What are the products that I am like, hell yeah, this is the perfect product for me. Like I already use it. And then start to create content with those products that you're already using and then reach out to the brand. I think one of the things and the biggest mistakes influencers or new content creators make is like, yeah, I just like want to get paid. And like, I just want to like work for all these brands. And it's like, you don't even use those products. So yeah, when the brand can see that you're authentically already using them and you're already like a huge fangirl, like they pay attention to that stuff. And most corporate brands have a team that's in the DMs, that's in the socials, that sees those things. And in fact, I've worked with quite a few brands and I've worked with their social teams. Uh, Framar is one of them specifically. And they know who's in the DMs, who's tagging them, who's responding. And so they true. remember those fangirls or those fan guys. Like they yeah. know who those people are. Um, and same like with you and me, we know who our people are who are like, heck yes, whatever you're doing, I want to be so a part true. of that. So my biggest advice would be if you are wanting to go into education or you're wanting to go into content creation or whatever that might look like, just literally get clear on exactly what that is and start creating content in that direction. So uh, education, start posting educational tips, start posting uh, three fun tips for blank, whatever you teach, right? Or a reel or whatever. And just literally dedicate your focus to creating content like that. Same thing with the content creation side of like, start using those Framar foils every single time you're posting and talk about why you love them and, and tag them and be in their DMs, respond to their content, like be creating content in whatever direction you want to go in. And I promise you that will start to get you moving in the right direction for sure. Oh, I love that. And I feel like this is a perfect segue too into the next thing that I wanted to ask you about because this blew me away. I was watching it go down. I was lucky enough to know about it before it launched. And watching it launch (laughs) was just like (laughs) insane to me. Um, So can we talk about the Framar collab? Because I just need to bring on Jamie for a second. You are responsible for the biggest day in Framar's history in sales. And that is something that from like, a person who was like bullied in cosmetology school Mm. and you like fought and got scrappy and you created this thing for yourself that is so amazing. And then you went into having this incredible collaboration that you pitched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this was literally your brainchild and you collaborated with this huge company that we all know. So can we get a little inside info on how that all went down? I know that we can watch it on YouTube, but any yeah. little, uh, you know, behind the extras. scenes tidbits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, I did a collection with Framar, which was amazing. One of the things that I've always wanted to do. And it's funny because I've been actually really close with the Framar brothers with French and Geo for years and years and years. So we had already had like an established relationship and they would text me like, Hey, we have this idea for this pattern or, Hey, we have this idea for this new product. What do you think? So I was kind of always on like their list of people that they would reach out to. Yeah. And I had always said, I would love to have a physical product, but I don't really want to go into manufacturing. I don't really want to have to figure it out in China and go <laughs> out there and figure it out. And I also said to them, I said, you know, Framar is by far the best in the industry when it came to like their AccuSoft bristles that now everybody has copied, but they were the first to do it, right? Their yeah. foils, like they were the first to do it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to go into this space and go create a competing product with Framar. Like that's just not going to happen. Like I want my product to be the best. So instead of going to compete with them, what if I just went straight to them and pitched this idea to them? So that's what happened. Uh, I literally had gotten a text from French. I want to say like the week before I pitched this to them, because honestly, this idea of having a Framar collection has always been kind of just like ruminating in the back of my head. But again, that imposter syndrome of like, who am I like pitch this to Framar? Like, would they actually go for it? Like, blah, blah, blah. They've never done this before. Like, why would they want to do this? So French actually texted me something. He was like, hey, we're thinking about this kind of collection. Like, what are your thoughts on it? And I was like, actually, um, I have an idea for you guys. Can we get on a call? And so that's when I like created a whole slide deck. And if you watch the documentary series on YouTube, you'll see that pitch uh, or parts of it. Um, and they were both like, whoa, like nobody's ever come to us with this in depth of an idea before. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that got them to say yes to it, it wasn't just the collection idea because 
trust me, they get ideas all the time. They get pattern ideas, they get product ideas, and they do take them seriously, but you can only do so much. But the thing that got them to say yes was the fact that we were going to create a documentary around it and document the whole process and really make the launch the biggest that it was. And I told them, I said, you know, I'm kind of coming in as like a consultant because yes, I can have the ideas for the patterns and yes, I can have the marketing direction, but I'm really good at launching. And that has come from my years of experience of launching my online courses and memberships and being able to create hype. Like that is something that I'm really good at. And so I was like, when we create this documentary series, like it's going to go crazy because we're bringing people along the journey uh, of everything that we've done. And there's something so special about creating a community of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that brush didn't work out. Or, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this drama happened. Like there's something (laughs) like people are invested in it. We love, I mean, who doesn't love a good reality show, right? Seriously. So it's like a reality show (laughs) for, you know, hairdressers. So, um, Yeah, honestly, that was kind of like the pitch. And then from there, it was just like, let's make it happen. And it was a year and a half long process. There was a ton of ups and downs, a lot of stuff that you don't even see in the documentary, Um, a lot of crying, a lot of like, oh my gosh, like this isn't going to work out. We actually had a lot of drama between us towards the end of just like even getting finalized things. Um, Again, you don't see that on camera, but there was a lot that went into it. But at the end of the day, I'm just super proud that we facilitated their biggest launch they've ever had, the biggest day of sales they've ever had. A lot of the products sold out in 24 hours, which was crazy. Um, and yeah, it was it was a big thing. It made a massive impact in our industry. And that's what I wanted. I mean, my true vision for it was to give hairstylists the tools that they really want behind the chair and not just bright yes. pink hairbrushes, you know, which, you know, there's something to be said for that, but <laughs> I needed <remember>. more. <laughs> and the way that you kept that secret for so long too, I remember seeing a story mm. that you posted and it was like, you must've just touched out in Canada because there was all this snow. And I remember thinking, I bet that's Canada. Like uh-huh. I am in the frozen North. That is where I yeah. currently reside. So it was really cool to see all the teasers and like from one total marketing nerd to another, that was a masterclass oh, <laughs> in launching. Thank you. It was so good, thank Jamie. You. So yeah, it, it, that was honestly so fun. It was crazy because so we would be filming for the documentary, right? But then I'm also filming for my stories, but then filming for my stories, I felt like there was a secret that I had to keep, right? So I was like, right. okay, like in the moment I was like filming and then posting on stories, but then I felt like I was living a lie because I'm right. actually filming all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, but I can't show that. Okay, this, this is so weird. And so it was like fun to like create stories that were like literally like, ooh, teaser, teaser, teaser. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like give enough information where like some people were figuring it out. And it was funny because I actually had people like responding to my stories in real time, right? Mm-hmm. Responding to my stories saying like, oh my gosh, I just zoomed in on your Starbucks cup. And I noticed that the code is actually a Canadian code. That's not a code that we have here in the US. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. Like people were like investigative and they're like, I I cropped the photo and I zoomed in to see if I could see the license plate and like all this stuff. And I was like, this This is so good. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Um, But it was definitely like weird to be filming half and half of like where I'm like actually having to film all the details and then having to film things, but like leave out all the details. It was so strange, but fun at the same time. Definitely the biggest, hardest project I probably have ever done besides launching and building my online course in the beginning. Like it was the toughest thing. Like I said, lots of tears, but I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, it, it would be fun to do something like that again in the future with them or another brand, but yeah, super fun. It was, yeah, it was so cool to see that all come together. So what is your, I guess, like, how are, how do you balance it all? Because this is one of the things that I want to ask you. I'm curious because, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that a lot of my listeners can relate as a creative myself, there's never a shortage of ideas. And I think mm-hmm. that when we're, you know, whether you're an educator, whether you're a stylist behind the chair, there's always an abundance of things that you could do, right? And things that would work. Like there's always so many viable options. How do you choose which product projects to pursue and which projects to either put on the back burner or say no to? Yeah, this is such a good question. It's actually coming up so much in my business right now because we've actually had a project that we've been working on. We just Actually, we're in Asana, which is our project management system. And the girl who's my integrator, so she's like the one that kind of runs the company behind the scenes for me. She was like, oh my gosh, we actually created this project in August of 2021. I was like, oh my gosh. And it's like still now being pushed out till the summer. And I was like, 
oh, like it's hard to even see that because I'm like, wow, like we've been working on this for a year and a half, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I'm so excited about and so passionate about. And it's something that like, I want to do it justice. And it just hasn't been able to happen because other things have been a priority and that's okay too. And at the end of the day, like I think for, yeah, as a creative, we can have ideas for days, for years, right? Like we have so many ideas. And one of the things that I think has helped me be successful and not be as overworked as I probably could be is to really decipher between, is this an idea for now? Is this an idea for later? Or is this is a fun idea that probably will never happen? And so the ideas for now thing is kind of like one of those things, especially when it comes to a big project of like, am I going to be able to focus on this for the next three years? And that's like my minimum. So am I going to want to talk about this for the next three years? Am I going to want to market this for the next three years? Am I going to want to be all in on this thing for the next three years. And for some of you that might sound like, holy crap, that's a long time. But I really have to make sure that it's something that I'm yes, a hundred percent all in on because if it's just something that I'm like, mm, yeah, I want to talk about it for like six months. Like it's kind of like a fleeting thing. It's not a project for right now. And it might be a project for never because mm-hmm. it has to be something that you're all in on, especially when it comes to these big projects. And sometimes even with that, it still takes time. Like I said, this other current new membership project that we're working on, which if you are a new cosmetology student and new stylist, I've hinted at it, uh, coming soon, stay tuned. You're going to love it. But I mean, like that has been something that we've been working on and we haven't talked about it, Mm -hmm. but it's just something that's going to take a little bit more time because other things have come up and that's okay too. So yeah. It's so interesting that you say the three-year thing because I never thought about that consciously, but as you know, I have worked supporting other educators, coaches in our industry. And I have an agency side to my business that I've never talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we are hitting that, like we're at that three year mark now. And I'm like, okay, still loving it, gonna launch it. And I never really actually thought about the fact that it was like, I almost wanted to be sure that I was sure because mm-hmm. I, this is honestly, I think maybe the second time I've ever talked about it, even on the podcast. And I've just started kind of publicly you know, yeah. even I've seen that you. This is I've, something that <laughs> I've been do. watching. Yeah. I love it. So good. <laughs> and you've worked with me and I can say that it has been such an amazing experience. So anybody out there looking for an agency hit her up because she's great. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. But it is so interesting because you're right. It, it's like, what can you do for the long haul? And I was always nervous to publicly say anything because like, mm-hmm. what if I change my mind? So yeah. the three-year thing, I think that's such a great piece of advice because hitting three years and being like, yep, this is still something I'm really passionate about, something I've been able to grow. And then finally making that decision to actually pursue that avenue, I think is, yeah, great advice. Thank you so much for that takeaway. Yeah. And I mean, it can go in any direction. I mean, like even with the Framer project, right? Like I knew that it was going to be a year minimum that we would be working on that, but still there was planning before there was planning after there's stuff now that we're still kind of, you know, not necessarily working on, but it's still like, I had to talk about it for basically a year and a half, two years. Like, so that was even just, it could seem like a minor, like, oh yeah, I'm doing this collaboration on top of everything that I'm also doing, but it's like, no, no, it's going to consume so much more of your time. And I think like, that's one thing as us creatives, we're like, yeah, I can just whip that out. It'll be so easy. I can just create an (laughs) online course. Yeah. I can just create an online masterpiece whatever. Like I could just open up a salon. No big deal. Cause we see other people do it and we see the highlight reels and we like see how easy it is, but it's Mm -hmm. not, it takes time and it takes that dedication to it. So that would be what I would say. And I think having, asking that question of like, am I going to be able to focus on this for the next three years really allows yourself to step back and make sure that it is something in alignment with you because I think so often we can get into things that we're like, yeah, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like we get that like spark of energy and we're like hell yeah we like research Mm -hmm. all the things and then it's like but actually am I going to want to do this and stick it out and I think it helps not spread yourself so thin because you're not working on so many different things and it also helps that thing of where you're like well now I'm a failure because I didn't finish this thing and I think that can happen so much with us as creatives of like get that idea we go into it we invest all this time money energy and then we're like oh I'm not really into it six months later and we feel like a failure. So I think it just kind of helps with that too, you know? Oh, that's so true. And I think one of my favorite phrases that I always come back to when I have a new idea is that like a plane uses most of its fuel at takeoff. 
So whenever mm. you start a new project, it's probably going to take 10 times as long as you anticipate it's going yes. to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And More like, like 30 times as long and as much yeah. energy as you think. Yeah. And 10 and times more as money. much money. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Opening that salon is never what you imagine. It's always more. But, but at so the end true. of the day, when you stick it out and you see the fruits of your labor in those hard, hard years, like it's so worth it. And you can look yes. back and you can say, oh my gosh, I created this thing that now impacts so many other people, whether it's an yeah. online course or a masterclass or content creation or opening a salon or going into salon suite or whatever that might look like, you now get to impact others through your action. And that I think is the most rewarding part. So it's worth it. Yes. But it's a lot of work. <laughs> and the best reason, because that's what's going to get you through those hard times. For oh, sure. This has been such an inspiring conversation, Jamie. Every time I talk to you, I always just feel so excited about our industry. And, you know, I'm sure that those listening feel the exact same way. So thank you for coming. And just yes. you're such a light in our industry. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. And I, I'm just grateful for everybody who's listening, whatever you're kind of visioning for yourself next, like go for it, do it. You know, if that is something that's inside of your heart to do, like you're in your, you feel it in your gut of like, this yeah. is what I meant for. You sometimes got to just take the leap and go for it. <laughs> and I'm excited and grateful that I could even be a part of this conversation with you. So thank you. If anyone is listening right now and they want to learn more about you, which you absolutely should follow Jamie on Instagram, um, check out everything that she has to offer because it's all amazing. Where can they go? Where's the best place to find out about you? Yeah. I mean, Instagram is pretty much where I hang out most of the time, but I also have a ton of free education over on YouTube, hair techniques, business advice. Um, and that'll actually be relaunching pretty much in the next couple months when you're listening to this. So Yay. super exciting. Well, we have a lot of new content over there. Um, and then, yeah, if you're looking for more resources on the education that I offer, I have a full Instagram program called Rise Social Academy. It was what Ohot Graham had to change to after Instagram <laughs> tried to sue us. So Rise Social Academy. And then we have our membership, which is basically Instagram content created for you as a hairstylist. Uh, so captions, photos, videos, Canva templates, all the things. Uh, it's a monthly membership called The Social Suite. Uh, yeah, you can check it out there, thesocialsuite.com or um, risesocialacademy.com. But if anything, what I would love actually most importantly is for you to send me a DM and let me know that you watched or not watched, listen to this uh, episode, <laughs> send me a DM, let me know. And I'd love to connect with you in the DMs. I love getting to do that. So please, 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 when you finish this episode, send me a DM or just minimize it right now and just go send me a DM. <laughs> saying, hey, listen to the podcast. I would love to connect with you. I love that. And I will link all of those resources and where you can find Jamie in the show notes. Thank you again for being here, my friend. This was so much yes. fun and uh, maybe we'll do it again someday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.